our hearts for the Lord. Ezra chapter 7 verse 6. This Ezra went up from Babylon, and he was a ready scribe in the law of Moses, which the Lord God of Israel had given. And the king granted him all his requests according to the hand of the Lord his God upon him. And there went up some of the children of Israel, and the priests, and the Levites, and the singers, and the porters, and the Nethanims, unto Jerusalem in the seventh year of Artaxerxes the king. And he came to Jerusalem in the fifth month, which was in the seventh year of the king. For upon the first day of the first month began he to go up from Babylon, and on the first day of the fifth month came he to Jerusalem, according to the good hand of his God upon him. Now that phrase, according to the good hand of his God upon him, is found several times in the book of Ezra and in the book of Nehemiah. That's a message all of itself of the good hand of his God upon him, the good hand of his God upon him, according to the good hand of his God upon him. He was able to do this according to the good hand of his God upon him. When God's hand is on us and God's hand is on what we are doing, we can do anything for the Lord. We can do anything in the strength of God, anything through Christ who has strengthened us. When God's hand is upon us, when God's hand is blessing us or blessing our ministries, there's no there's no stopping. There's just nothing that we can't be done if God's hand is upon it. First, I want you to focus on is verse 10. For Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord and to do it, and to teach in Israel statutes and judgments. For Ezra had prepared his heart. Prepared his heart. The title of our message is Preparing Our Hearts for the Lord. Preparing Our Hearts for the Lord. Ezra had prepared his heart. Now, I was a young boy, young young boy. I was in the Cub Scouts and the Boy Scouts. And the motto, our motto was be prepared. Be prepared. We were to always be in a state of readiness to do our duty. Being prepared means you're always in a state of readiness to do your duty. We were to be prepared. Now, I was trying to think of a, a good illustration for being prepared. And I, I thought of the Boy Scouts being in the Boy Scouts and how our motto was to be prepared. We're always to be prepared. And it's kind of stuck with me throughout my life. I'm always... Uh, kind of thinking ahead, like, well, just in case when you do this, or just in case when you do that. I was trying to think of a good illustration to to emphasize being prepared, or being prepared for the Lord, being prepared for what the Lord has you to do. About four years ago, we were doing the classes for fostering, and we weren't even done yet. We weren't licensed yet. We weren't done yet. But then uh, our caseworker called and asked if we were ready to uh, have some children. He he said, we have a boy and a girl that's looking for placement, but he made it sound like it might be within a month or a few weeks, something like that. We knew it it wouldn't be that day. We knew there was no reason to get prepared because they weren't going to come that day because we didn't even have our our license. We thought it's still a couple weeks off before we get our license, so we don't have to worry about getting prepared right now. Maybe in a few weeks we need to worry about getting prepared, but we don't have to worry about getting prepared right now and so that was in the morning, and then uh, a few hours later, uh, he calls back, So and he says, uh, how about 2 o'clock? Or I think it was 2 o'clock or 2.30. What do you mean? You're going to come over and you know, bring some papers and we need to sign, or are you going to bring your license? They're like, no, he's bringing the kids. He's bringing the children at 2 o'clock. He said, how about 2 o'clock? Okay, and, but us thinking we still had a few weeks, we weren't quite prepared. Whereas if we would have maybe had a little more faith, anticipate a little bit, we might have been prepared. But we weren't quite 100% prepared. 
prepared. But Ezra was always prepared. Ezra prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord and to do it. Ezra was ready to do what God wanted to do the second God wanted him to do it. Ezra was prepared. Ezra's reigning desire had been to study the Word of God. Study its principles, its institutions, its privileges, its requirements. And now from love and zeal he devoted himself as the business of his life to the work of instructing, reforming, and edifying others. Now the order of things in this verse is very observable. Ezra 7.10 For Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord and to do it, and to teach in Israel statutes and judgments. First, he prepares his heart to understand God's law and word, and that not for curiosity's sake, but in order to practice it in his life. He prepares his heart. Then he earnestly desires and labors to instruct others, that they also might know and do it. Ezra wasn't content in keeping all this to himself. Ezra wasn't content in keeping this knowledge to himself about God's word. He wanted to see it replicated in someone else's life. He wanted to pass it on to others. And then he wants to see them pass it on to someone else. and wants to see them pass it on to someone. He wasn't content to keep it to himself. He wanted to share it. He wanted to disciple others with this information. He wanted them to, to go out and share it and disciple others. He wanted to see it just keep going and keep going and keep going. So Ezra had prepared his heart to seek. Ezra had prepared his heart to do. Ezra had prepared his heart to live, and Ezra had prepared his heart to teach the law of the Lord. He had set his mind and his affections upon it and made it his chief design and business to teach the law of the Lord. We need to all get the passion that Ezra had about the word of God in our life and make it our life's business to learn it, to learn the word of God. Make it our life's business to observe the teachings of the word of God. Make it our life's business to live out the Word of God in our life. Make it our life's business to instruct others in the Word of God. And make it our life's business to share the gospel contained therein the Word of God and to disciple others with the Word of God. Ezra was intent upon the statement laid out in Ezra 7.10. He had his heart set on it, bending his thoughts and studies to it. For Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord and to do it, and to teach in Israel statutes and judgments. The Hebrew word which we translate prepare signifies to establish, to confirm, and to make things fixed and unmovable. Are you establishing the word of God in your heart? Are you confirming the word of God in your heart? Are you making the word of God fixed and unmovable in your heart? Ezra set himself to seek the law of the Lord. That is, to inquire into it, to search after it, to search after the will of God, and that he might understand it himself. And then he set his heart to do what God commanded and put in practice what he knew to be his duty, so that he was better qualified to teach others what he knew and what he did himself. Now, a little background. Ezra was God's man who led his people from captivity in Babylon, back to the land which God had promised to their fathers. God's judgment had resulted in the armies of Nebuchadnezzar obliterating Jerusalem, tearing down the walls, surrounding the city, destroying the temple, and deporting the people, the most influential people, as slaves to serve in a pagan land of Babylon. Defeated. Defeated. 
Israel was completely embarrassed by this defeat and made totally vulnerable by a loss of status and reputation. Plus, they felt abandoned by God because their worship and spiritual identity had been completely lost. One word described Israel for 70 years, defeated. We can all feel that way sometimes, defeated. We may think all is lost, that there is no point in going on. But Ezra did not think that way. He was so focused on God, so focused on God's word, that there was no room in his life for that kind of thinking. Ezra kept studying the word because Ezra did not live a defeated life. God was able to mightily use him as a result of this. Ezra stayed so focused on the word of God, defeat or defeatism could not be part of his 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 thinking, his mindset. It just was not there because he was so focused on God, so focused on his word, he could not live a defeated life. Useful to God. Ezra was very useful to God. When God made a way for his people to return to their homes and renew their place as the people of God, he called Ezra to lead the way. Here is a description of Ezra's qualifications. For Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord and to do it and to teach in Israel statutes and judgments. Ezra would not have been prepared for the Lord to use him if he had lived in a defeated mindset. Do we live defeated lives? Or do we live lives prepared and ready for God's use? We do not know what it is the Lord has a mind for us to do in service for him. So we need to be constantly preparing our hearts so we are always ready for his service. Passion for the word of God. Ezra had a passion for the word of God. Ezra was a scribe who gave himself to the recording and maintenance of God's word. He loved the word of God. He protected the word of God. He provided for the protection and preservation of the word of God from generation to generation. He was a man of the book. Could the same thing be said of us? Are we a people of the book? Are we a people of God's word? Do we love the word of God? Do we read the word of God? Do we even read it? Do we open it up? Do we try to memorize important verses? Your attitude toward and devotion to the word of God will make a difference in the way God uses you in his service. I'm going to read that one more time. Your attitude toward and devotion to the word of God will make a difference in the way God uses you in his service. Are you preparing? Are you in a state of readiness for the Lord? Your love for the Bible will make a difference in the way people respond to your influence. Ezra was a man of God's word. A man of God. Is that how someone would describe you? Would someone describe you as a man of God? Would someone describe you as he's he's a, a man in the book, he's a he's of the book, he's of the Bible? Is that how you would be described? Now it could be said that one reason today's culture lacks respect for what God says is because we have lost our passion for the Word of God. Do you have a passion for the Word of God? If not, you should. Do you have a passion for the Word of God? If not, you should. I'll give you an illustration. Someone recently submitted an interesting question to an online blog. The question is this. If someone from the 1950s suddenly appeared today, what would be the most difficult thing to explain to them about life today? Now think about that. What would be the most difficult thing to explain? Think of all the things that's happened, all the things that have been invented, all the, all the events that have been occurred, all, 
all just the political things that happen, everything that's happened since the 1950s to now, what would be the most difficult thing to explain to them? Well, one person responded with, which I think is might be the, the correct answer, the, the best answer to this question. They responded, I possess a device in my pocket that is capable of accessing the entirety of information known to man. Yet I use it to look at pictures of cats and get in arguments with strangers. Now that is a sad commentary in the state of society today. Do you spend more time online looking at pictures of cats, looking at pictures of cats, and getting into arguments than you do reading the Bible and meditating on the Word of God? Do we spend more time looking at our phone than we do looking at the Bible? Do we spend more time looking at social media than we spend praying with the Lord? It may be when God asks us to explain why we watched our world slip into an obsession over cats and arguments with strangers, we will be forced to admit our lack of passion for his holy word. Renew your passion and love for the Bible. Your passion for the word of God will make a difference in today's society. Your passion for the word of God will make a difference in your life. Your passion for the word of God will make a difference in your family. Your passion for the word of God will make a difference in your church. Your passion for the word of God will make a difference in eternity. Renew your passion for the word of God. I ask you a question. Are you preparing your heart to passionately serve the Lord? Are you preparing your heart to passionately serve the Lord? Are you preparing your heart to seek the Lord? We have a responsibility as the people of God to seek out the Lord, to serve the Lord, to be continually preparing our heart to seek the Lord. Notice with me in 2 Chronicles 12, 14. Just a few pages back in your Bible, 2 Chronicles 12, 14. Now, what was the evil that was done in 2 Chronicles 12, 14? We're going to read it here in a second, but I want you to have this question in your mind. As we read this verse, have this question in your mind. What was the evil that was done? We're going to read 2 Chronicles 12, 14, but have this question in your mind. What was the evil that was done? Now, 2 Chronicles 12, 14. And he did evil because he prepared not his heart to seek the Lord. He did evil because he prepared not his heart to seek the Lord. How did he do evil? Because he prepared not his heart to seek the Lord. Lack of preparing our hearts to seek the Lord, God calls evil. Not just something inappropriate, not just something that's good, not just something that we, we could do better with, but evil. Not preparing our heart to seek after the Lord is evil. So let me ask you a question. How about you? Are you daily preparing your heart to seek the Lord that day? Remember Second Chronicles 12.14, because he prepared not his heart to seek the Lord, that was what was evil. He did evil because he prepared not his heart. Are you daily preparing your heart to seek the Lord that day? Now, what are some ways we could do this? What are some ways we could do this preparing on a daily basis? Psalm 5.3 helps us with this with an answer. My voice shalt thou hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning will I direct my prayer unto thee, and will look up. We need to start off every day with prayer and Bible reading. This is a key way in which we prepare to seek the Lord out each day. Second Chronicles 12.14 again. And he did evil, because he prepared not his heart to seek the law of the Lord. Are you preparing your heart? Now you want to know what the antidote 
to Second Chronicles 12.14 is. The antidote to not preparing our heart, which is evil. What's the antidote to Second Chronicles 12.14? Well, let's turn back to Ezra 7.10. Ezra 7.10 says, For Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord and to do it, and to teach it Israel's statutes and judgments. Ezra 7.10 is the antidote to 2 Chronicles 12.14, is the antidote to the evil that is found in 2 Chronicles 12.14, the evil of not preparing our hearts to serve the Lord. We just need to simply prepare our hearts. That's the antidote to that evil. Preparing our hearts, being ready and on duty, whatever the Lord has us to do, be ready and prepared to do our duty when the Lord calls upon us. Be prepared. Preparing your heart for the Lord is often is an often used phrase in the Bible. Samuel called upon the people of Israel in 1 Samuel 7, 3. And Samuel spake unto all the house of Israel, saying, If ye do return unto the Lord with all your hearts, then put away the strange gods and Ashtaroth from among you, and prepare your hearts unto the Lord, and serve him only, and he will deliver you out of the hands of of the Philistines. Ashtaroth was the goddess of immoral sexual relations. Things today are not too different from things in those days for the people in our society seem to be obsessed with this topic. And what was the answer to that obsession stated by Samuel? The answer was for the people of God to prepare their hearts unto the Lord. Prepare your hearts unto the Lord. So God could use them to influence the society as a whole toward him and away from the central obsessions of the day. The way God can use us is if our hearts are prepared for him to use. If our hearts are not prepared for him to use, he cannot use us to help influence society back towards him. The answer to this problem in the society of Samuel, chapter 7, verse 3, his centrally obsessed society was, prepare your hearts unto the Lord. And then God could use his people to influence others back to the Lord. Also in Psalm 10:17, David said, Lord, thou hast heard the desire of the humble. Thou wilt prepare their heart. Thou wilt cause thine ear to hear. Now notice the prerequisite of having prepared a heart for the Lord. The prerequisite of being able to prepare our hearts for the Lord. And that is humbleness. The desire of the humble that will prepare their heart. We have to be humble. We have to go at this with humility. God cannot use a proud heart. A proud heart cannot prepare itself to the service of the Lord. It takes a humble heart. We have to go to the Lord in humility and humbleness to prepare our hearts to serve him. The Lord will help prepare our hearts if we have a desire for him to do so and make the petition of him. God will prepare or God will confirm or God will establish, as the verb is often used, our heart to bear our present pressures and to wait upon and hope and trust in him for the answer and the passion in seeking to serve him. So, what does it mean to prepare your heart for the Lord? What does it mean to prepare your heart for the Lord? Ephesians 3.17, Paul says, That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love. If Jesus should call you and say that he was coming over to your house tonight for dinner, what kind of preparation would you make for him? Jesus calls you up, says, I'm coming over tonight for dinner. Looking forward to it. See you then. What preparation would you make for your house? Would you go through your house and toss out a lot of magazines that are in your family room, maybe? Would you try to hide a lot of videos? Or maybe would you just throw away a lot of videos? Would you get rid of all the questionable things in the house or, or hide them, tidy them up? 
Would you rush around the house making sure everything is spotlessly clean? All the dirt and all the filth has been gotten out of your house. Would you do your best to see that the house was spotless? So it would be spotless before the Lord when he came. Well, those are things that we should be doing to prepare our hearts for the Lord. The prophet Samuel told the people to put away their false gods and prepare their hearts for the Lord. We should be seeking to clean all the sin and filth out of our hearts and get them prepared for the Lord's use. Remember 2 Chronicles 12, 14, not preparing our hearts for the Lord is evil. What if Jesus said that he had decided to move in for a while? He comes over for dinner, enjoys dinner, enjoys your company so much. He says, I'm just going to move in. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going anytime soon. I'm going to move in. I'm just going to stay here for a while. What would, how would that make you feel? Would that make you feel uncomfortable? Well, he wants to move into your heart if you're not saved. And if you are saved, if you are saved, he has already moved into your heart. When you think about it this way, it puts a different perspective on things. It makes it a little more real. Now, something to ponder. If Christ is dwelling in your heart, and if you're saved, he is, that means he goes with you wherever you go. That means he participates in everything you do. Think about that. If you're saved, Christ dwells in your heart. He goes with you everywhere you go. He participates in everything you do. 1 Corinthians 6.15 Know you not that your bodies are the members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ to make the members of the harlot? God forbid. We need to be always preparing our hearts for Christ. Always preparing our lives for him in an upright manner. Because if you are a Christian, if you are a Christian, he is already dwelling in your heart and goes with you wherever you go. Where have you taken Christ that you are ashamed of? What have you done with Christ that you're ashamed of? Are you preparing your heart for the Lord? Are you coming to the Lord in humbleness and preparing your heart for the Lord? Are you cleaning out all the filth and the sin from your heart? And are you preparing your heart for the Lord? Another question I'm going to ask. How do I prepare my heart for the Lord? How do we prepare our heart for the Lord? First of all, through the reading and meditating on the Word. What a great way to cleanse our mind and to help purify our hearts. Psalm 119.9 Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy Word. Next, we are to repair our hearts through prayer meditation. Luke 9.29 says, And as he prayed, the fashion of his countenance was altered and his rainbow is white and glistening. Wonderful changes can occur in our life as a result of our praying. As someone once said, our lives are altered as we kneel at the altar. We prepare our hearts by not allowing filth to be planted in them in the first place. Philippians 4.8 Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, Whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. We can repair our hearts by putting off the old life and putting on a new life, Ephesians 4. We can repair our hearts by seeking the things of Christ and not the things of the world, Colossians 3.1. If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Ezra prepared his heart to do three things. Ezra prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord. Ezra prepared his heart to do the law of the Lord. 
Ezra prepared his heart to teach the law of the Lord. We need to be preparing our heart to seek the law of the Lord. We need to prepare our hearts to do the law of the Lord. And we need to prepare our hearts to teach, to share, to disciple others in the law of the Lord. We need to be doing all three as well. Now to seek the law of the Lord, Ezra 7.10, For Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord and to do it. Every morning of every day, prepare your heart for, for that day to seek the Lord out in his will. To Ezra, the law of God was more important than the teachings of the day. The Bible is more important than politics. God's word is more important than possessions. God's word is more important than money or status. God's word and living out God's word in our life and in accordance to it is the most important thing. Nothing should take preeminence over God and his word in our life. Nothing. And for Ezra, God's word took the preeminence in his life. Does God's word take the preeminence in our life? Does God's word take the preeminence in your life? Ezra sought to learn the law of the Lord. He sought to learn God's word. He searched the scriptures, seeking knowledge of God. Then he set about to teach and share what he had learned about God with others. Be a prepared Christian every day. Be prepared because your enemy is always prepared to bring you down and ruin your testimony. Prepare your heart every morning to seek the Lord every day. Is God's word more important to us? Is God's word that important to us? Are we purposely seeking to learn his word so we can then share the good news of Christ with others? Have you prepared your heart to learn of God? Have you prepared your heart to live for him? Are you seeking out the truth of God's word? Are you seeking to grow spiritually? Are you preparing your heart to seek and to learn and to do and to live out the word of God? Are you acting what you've already learned of the word of God? Are you teaching and sharing what you've learned from the word of God with others? The idea of seeking the law of the Lord is that of seeking to obey the law of the Lord. God has given glorious promises to those who would keep his law. Ezra also wanted to prepare his heart to do the law of the Lord. James 1.22 says, But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Paul wrote about being a doer in Romans 2.13. For not hearers of the law are just before God, but doers of the law shall be justified. Moses said to the people in Deuteronomy 5.1, Hear, O Israel, the statutes and judgments which I speak in your ears this day, that ye may learn them and keep them and do them. It is not enough to just know a lot of the Bible. You have to live out the Bible. You have to live out the principles of the Bible. For who is the Word of God? Who is the Word of God? Jesus is the Word of God. The more we seek to know of and then do of the Word of God, the more like Jesus we are becoming. By living out Ezra 7.10, we become more like Christ each and every day. John 1, 1-2 In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Ezra prepared his heart to teach in Israel's statutes and judgments. Ezra knew that the only hope for a nation was to know and do the commandments of the Lord. The prophet Micah wrote, He has showed thee, O man, what is good. And what doth the Lord require of thee but to do justly, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with thy God? 
Jesus said in Matthew 5, 17 and 19, Think not that I come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall no wise pass from the law, till all be fulfilled. Whosoever therefore shall break one of these least commandments and shall teach men so, he shall be called the least in the kingdom of God, in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever shall do and teach them, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. We may not all be called to preach the word of the Lord, but we all should prepare our hearts to seek. We all should prepare our hearts to do the law of the Lord. Jesus said that all the law was fulfilled when we loved God supremely and love our neighbors as ourselves. So in conclusion, why do we need to be preparing our hearts to serve the Lord? King Jehoshaphat is an excellent example of purposely teaching the law of the Lord, God's word, in a methodical and organized manner. Jehoshaphat considered the word of God so important, he organized a nationwide teaching of it, nationwide teaching of the word of God, and the Lord blessed his efforts. 2 Chronicles chapter 17, starting in verse 9. And they taught in Judah, and had the book of the law of the Lord with them, and went about throughout all the cities of Judah, and taught the people. And the fear of the Lord fell upon all the kingdoms of the lands that were round about Judah, so they made no war against Jehoshaphat. Also of the Philistines brought Jehoshaphat presents, and tribute, silver. And the Arabians brought him flocks, seven thousand and seven hundred rams, and seven thousand and seven hundred goats. And Jehoshaphat waxed great exceedingly, and he built in Judah castles and cities of store. The Lord blesses the teaching of his word. He promises us his word will not return void. Isaiah 55:11. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of thy mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. Jehoshaphat did many great things for the Lord. But one thing was not done, and I want you to notice the reason given in Scripture as to why it was not done. If you turn with me, Second Chronicles 20, verse 33, should we just be a few pages, a few pages away from where we're at. Second Chronicles 20, verse 33. I want you to notice the reason given in this passage of Scripture as to why this thing was not done for the Lord. There's a certain thing that Jehoshaphat should have done, and he did not do it. And we're giving the reason why this was not done in Second Chronicles 20, verse 33. Second Chronicles 20, 33 says, How be it, the high places were not taken away. Now notice the reason why. For as yet, the people had not prepared their hearts unto the God of their fathers. They had not prepared their hearts unto the God of their fathers, so they did not remove the high places. They did not remove those abominable high places, those abominations in the land of Israel. They did not remove them. Why? For as yet, the people had not prepared their hearts unto the God of their fathers. Second Chronicles 12.14 says, Not preparing our hearts is evil. Have you prepared your heart? Are you preparing your heart to serve the Lord? God's people can cause good things not to happen to their own country. God's people can cause good things not to happen to their own family by their own sin, by the sin of not preparing their hearts to seek, not preparing their hearts to teach, and not preparing their hearts to do what God has for them to do. What blessings could God be withholding from our country? What blessings could God be withholding from your family simply because we as Christians are not preparing our hearts to live for God? 
We need to be preparing our hearts to live. We need to be preparing our hearts to serve the Lord for the benefit of our own country, for the benefit of our own family. We need to be preparing our hearts to seek and serve the Lord for our own spiritual benefit and blessing. Don't miss out on what the Lord has for you simply because of the lack of preparation of your heart. Always be continually preparing your heart to seek and serve the Lord. The Lord blessed Ezra personally because of his preparing to seek the law of the Lord and doing the law of the Lord, living out the word of God in his life. Don't miss out on the blessing the Lord has for you. Take Ezra 7.10 as a verse and truth that guides and shapes your life. For Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord and to do it. Let's make it a goal that we can substitute our name in there. For your name had prepared his or her heart to seek the law of the Lord and to do it. One more illustration we're going to close. We are told when John Huss was arrested and informed he would be burned to death for his faith, he purposely practiced holding his hand over the fire to prepare for his final test. Kept putting his hand over the fire, letting it get really hot, letting it burn his hand, letting it burn his hand a little bit so he could try to prepare for the pain that he knew was going to come because he wanted to maintain his good testimony for the Lord, even in the pain. He burned himself in preparation. He wanted to be faithful to the Lord to the end. So he prepared. He prepared not only physically, but he prepared his heart so that in his final moments, it could be said of him, he had prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord and to do it, and he did just that up to the end. Will you be found faithful in leaving out God's word? Now is the time to live out for the Lord. No more excuses. Just be an Ezra and prepare your heart to seek the law of the Lord and to do it. Will you commit to preparing your heart to seek the word of God? Will you commit to preparing your heart to seek the will of God? Will you commit to preparing your heart to simply just do the will of God? <laughs>